Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Lauren, and thank you for listening to the She Slays the Day podcast. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you because it's um, it's an unusual one. Uh, this is actually a recording of me speaking to the ICPA club at Life University. Not right now, you guys. This isn't the recording. Later's the recording. Um, so I love recording episodes into the microphone. That's fun. Uh, but it's even better when I get to see real faces on the receiving end. Because uh, I get to see that you guys think I'm funny. Otherwise, I just sit here and I go, do people think I'm as funny as I think I'm funny? Doesn't matter. I'd still think I'm funny, even if you didn't. Um, okay, so when I was arranging to talk to them, I gave them a few topics that I could really get passionate about around pediatrics. For the non-Kairos listening, I should mention this, uh, ICPA is like one of the most um, elite or like, I don't know, sought after, prestigious, I don't know, insert any word you want there, um, certification course for pediatrics for chiropractors. So it's pretty long, it's extensive, and this is a club at one of the chiropractic colleges in Georgia. So anyway, so the number one thing that they wanted to hear was about how to market a practice for cheap. And if you know anything about my history of starting a super bopping pediatric practice straight out of school, you know I did it the scrappy way. Um, so whether you're a chiropractor or any small business, you're going to get a ton out of this episode, similar to episode 36, where we talked about getting butts in seats. I talk really fast in this episode. I'm sorry, but they had a designated time and like, I realized I had like eight mistakes that I'd make in marketing and I didn't know if I was going to get through all of them. So I just talked really fast. Um, so let's do a listener highlight before we pray. So this one is from Dr. Britt, and it says, I just listened to episode 34 of the podcast, and I absolutely loved it. I am also an Enneagram 3 and can relate on so many levels. I love to-do lists and mapping out my days and weeks, but also do not love rigid expectations. This episode gave me so many ideas of things to try this week. Dr. Britt, thank you so much for that feedback. Um, I also loved episode 34. A lot of people did too. It was um, mapping out your week for success. It was kind of where I broke down, like I've tried all these different very rigid systems of like da da da, and then I kind of get burned out by them and you know, I try and force myself. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it because it was definitely one of um, y'all's favorite. So before we jump into my talk with the ICPA, um, let's pray really quick. Hey God, thanks so much for opportunities to talk to students, um, helping people learn from my mistakes, being vulnerable and raw, um, and helping them assure them that they're on the right path. It's such a passion of mine. You probably know that because you're probably the one that put that passion in my heart now that I think about it. Um, so I should say thank you for bringing opportunities to me that align with what I believe you've put me here to do. Help every 
doc listening, um, no, help everyone in business listening to understand that the power that they have to help a student be successful in their career and help every student to hear whatever advice suits them in their path that you have planned for them. So in your name we pray, amen. All right, crew, let's jump in to my talk with the ICPA Club of Life University. And we're digging into eight mistakes that people make in marketing. Okay, so today we're talking about marketing a pediatric practice. And I have no idea how long this will take, but I'm going to try and save time at the end for questions. So if you have questions, we'll, I'll stay as long as I need to um, to answer them. Um, so when I was thinking about marketing, the big thing is that, you know, you guys aren't graduated yet. You don't have a practice yet. So I could give you marketing ideas that would work for me in the environment and the society in which we live now, but like a, two years from now, who knows if they're going to be obsolete. Like, so what I instead wanted to do was really give you like 10 things to avoid in your marketing that should, who knows what Mark Zuckerberg has up his sleeve, um, but should really stand kind of the test of time. Because the other thing about marketing is great marketing is opportunistic. Um, so when it comes to like, yeah, there's like kind of like the classic ones, but you can just Google search like, do this, do that. But like the great marketing things are opportunities and connections that I could never predict you're going to have. So like if your future sister-in-law is a midwife, um, yeah, like take that opportunity up. But like, I can't sit here and give you all the greatest ideas because it's going to be so dependent on what you have going on in your practice and your life and what influences you have. So um, I have 10 mistakes that a lot of times people make, and so we'll run through those. Okay, so number one, and this is not something that was an issue when I started 10 years ago, um, but now people spend way too much time on social media. So yeah, it is definitely important that when you have a practice that your social media and your website properly communicate your brand. That's very, very important. Yes. And would it be nice if the feed of your Instagram was really aesthetically pleasing? Yeah, that's fantastic. But don't lie to yourself that you're like doing market research when you're just scrolling. I know in the beginning you have a lot of time and that's what all of these mistakes, I should have said that also, all of these suggestions that I'm giving Therefore, when you're starting, where you have more time than you do money, okay? Um, because when you get further in practice, hopefully, you know, you have more money and less time because you're seeing patients, maybe you have kids now. It's just a different point in life. So really, these are all for people who are like scrappy and like, I don't want to spend money, but I want to build a practice. So yes, you need to have a website. You need to have a Facebook page. You need to make sure that your Google listing looks nice and there's photos, but do not spend time on Facebook when you have an hour and a half between patients. Like it's a waste of your time. So honestly, the more you can get to batching your shit, the better. So what I mean by that because social media will suck you in and you will tell yourself like, oh, I am working. I am totally working right now. I'm responding to comments and like going on mom's blogs. That's great. But where you're going to be most efficient is I would say set up like maybe two mornings a month where you're going to spend like three hours at a coffee shop, like editing your photos, creating the content. And then you can use an app again, who knows what's going to be available by the time you guys are actually doing this. But then you can even right now there's apps where you can just load them and say, I want this one to post Monday at one o'clock, this one to post Tuesday at three o'clock. Like, and just the more you can get really in, you're going to be so much more efficient because you know, you have a deadline. I have from nine until noon to like get 17 posts done and the content and like there. Um, so that is going to be one of the most efficient ways to have good social media. And then also with batching, same thing with photos. So a lot of you guys know that really quality photos is what is going to tell the best story to people out in your community. 
So having great photos on your website and your social media is important. Um, but I don't like, you don't need to look camera ready every single day, have somebody with a great iPhone, whatever iPhone's going to be there, like iPhone 72 come in and take photos of you, like have a couple, you know, of your nieces or like, even if they're not patients yet, like little kids come in and like swap out tops and just get a ton of different photos of you adjusting kids and interacting and use those and do that like once a month, like do a mini photo shoot. Um, if you want more information on like how to set up a mini photo shoot, Amy Porterfield, um, has a podcast on it where she has an entire episode on like how she does these photo shoots and like makes them really efficient, but that is going to be important. So you're not wasting time, like scrolling. Um, okay. So mistake number two is people think that they need to be everywhere for people to see them. And I disagree with that because a lot of times when you're being everywhere with your marketing, it's kind of that phrase where like when you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one. So like, for instance, I'm going to make sure that my marketing dollars really count. And that's going to be very specific and opportunistic to my area and my brand and who I'm trying to get. So like, the church bulletin, I'm sorry, they still have those. And it's like, yeah, for $100 a year, you can be one of 50 squares in our church bulletin. And we only let one chiropractor in. Like, I don't know, you're going to have to do your math and figure out if that return on investment makes sense. Because in the beginning, if you're spending $100 there, then like the kids museum has like, hey, do you want to do $100 on ours? You're like, oh, shoot, that makes way more sense. Um, you know, same thing goes for like swag bags. Swag bags can be really expensive. And you're like, oh my gosh, this great opportunity to be like in this swag bag for this like mom's bumps, babies expo. What do I have to do? Okay, I have to th supply a thousand of something for their bags, for their giveaways. Like that's expensive. So then what's going to happen is you're going to do something cheap Sorry, like, because you're not going to spend $5 on a thing and spend $5,000 in the beginning for awesome swag bags. So you kind of do this cheap thing that's got your logo on it. And guess what happens? You do this all the time. People leave, they get the swag bag, they cruise through and like they throw all that stuff. And so you just really have to make sure that being everywhere is really going to dissipate your dollars. And I recommend consolidating and going in on those things that you really think are going to move the needle. Okay. So number three is don't fear being too specialized. Y'all, I don't know if you know this, but as a chiropractor, everyone automatically assumes that you adjust adults for neck and low back pain. I cannot tell you how many pediatric websites I look at that feel they need to have like, they call it the dollar sign person, the like, oh, my back person that just like makes me want to scream because it's like this you put on your pediatric site, you're on your pediatric website, you needed to like make sure that you had like a neck and back pain section. People are going to assume, like the people who are going to call, you know, like <laughs> that's not what your website is there for to make sure like, hey, we adjust everyone. Like the people who are going to your website, you want those people to be really there looking for pediatric and you're just going to dilute the message. If they have to scroll past, you're just going to look like everyone else. So don't be afraid. So like, for instance, we had, um, when we set up our first clinic, we had like our window, there was spot for like four conditions that we were listing. And we kind of went back and forth on like, and we did this wrong, like fully admitting we did this wrong. Um, and we like put like general wellness, neck and back pain, pediatric care, prenatal care. Don't do that. Like people are going to assume because they see the word chiropractor on the door that you do neck and back pain and general wellness means nothing. That means nothing to anyone anymore. Um, I don't even know if it meant anything 10 years ago when I used it, but like, just don't be afraid to say like, I'm a pediatric and prenatal doctor. We take care of families. Like, that's okay. But like, don't be like, and then we also do headaches. And then we also do diet. Like, bah! you can do that stuff, but just make your message clear. 
Um, you know, think of it this way. Like if you've ever gone to a restaurant and they said like, we serve all kinds of food. Okay. Well, when I hear that, I think automatically that all your food sucks. If you serve like a chicken lo mein and chicken tenders and like spaghetti and, and I'm like all of it, all of it's going to suck because you obviously don't do, you don't know how to really focus your energy into the things you do well. And that's the same perception that a lot of the population gets of like, oh, so you're like everyone else because non-ICPA certified chiropractors are absolutely saying like, I hear, I heard it on the radio a couple months ago of like, we see everyone from pediatric to geriatric and everything in between. There's no way you can be great at everything. So like, as I'm listening, obviously that was my competition. So I'm like, you suck. No, I didn't say that. I just yelled it in my car. Um, but like the general public is going to go like, okay, so you don't do anything super well. Okay. So number four, this is a big one that people do when they are trying to connect with other influencers in the community. And when I say influencers, I don't mean the people who have 50,000 followers. I mean like the businesses in the community that have already established the community's trust. So think the midwives, the uh, yoga people, the coffee shop, the like, you know, the acupuncturists, the people who have been there and already have a reputation of trust for the community. So what people do is you're this prenatal chiropractor. And so you go like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna like spend all this time on this like cover sheet about me and my training and what I'm interested in. And then I'm gonna send it to them with a real, on really nice letterhead with my logo. And I'm gonna say, I'd love to take you out to coffee and talk to you about how chiropractic can help your population. And this person, okay, most of the time, about 99 out of 100 people are going to be too busy. They're going, because they're already in, they're in this mess, like they're doing their business. They have been for five years, 10 years, whatever. They see right through that. Oh, cute. You're brand new. Good job. You're doing the thing that everyone does in the beginning. And you're trying to leverage my patience and my 10 years of experience. That's cute. Good luck. And then they do not respond to you at all. It's not malicious. It's just they don't, they see through it. They don't want to go to coffee and go like, oh, and then what'd you do? Oh, and then how does chiropractic help? That's so great. I'm an occupational therapist. Like, cool. So instead, flip the switch. I'm not saying don't reach out to them. Absolutely reach out to them. But think of what their needs are. How can you serve them? And you're like, well, Lauren, I don't have patience, so I can't bring them in. That's okay. We're in this like really cool new world now where the internet is a thing. So what I would recommend, just like shooting off the cuff, is I would reach out and ask to interview them. Say like, hey, we share like a similar target market, like let's say they're very pediatric, like they're a pediatric OT or they're a pediatric dentist that really focuses on like tongue ties or things like that, whatever. And go like, hey, we share a common audience. My patients, they don't know. They just know you're new. They don't know how new. Um, my patients would, I know, would benefit from what you have to say on tongue ties could I ever interview you for 10 to 15 minutes just on the computer and just ask you about like how your business helps tongue ties and the pediatric population. Now, are all of them going to respond to that? No, probably not. They're still very, very busy, but are you more likely to get a response to that of like, Oh, you want to show me to your people? Well, I'll respond to that. So then what you do, cause you're like, well, Lauren, that doesn't help me build my practice. Not true. Okay. So let's say that you have 200 people um, that like your Facebook page. And it's really all your family and your aunts and your uncles because they're like, oh, Sally started a chiropractic practice. Um, and they've got like a thousand. I don't know. Let's say you're seeing four people a week and they're seeing 50. So what happens is, is you spend this time, keep it short, keep it to 10 to 15 minutes. You get really, and you're going to like sprinkle in as the host of this interview. Um, nobody's listening. This is just like a zoom recording or something like that, or whatever technology exists in the future. 
Um, and you're just sprinkling in like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to have you on today because I see this in my patients all the time. And there's just some patients that chiropractic can't help. Like you're saying like, a lot of our patients do great with chiropractic, but there are some that I need to refer out. And I'm so glad to know that I have you in this community to refer out. Do you see how I'm like buttering them up? And it's true. Like it is true. It's not a lie. Um, except for the fact that like all my patients, you don't have any patients yet, but again, they don't know that. So you're like sprinkling in, you're not going to go on a soapbox about how chiropractic helps this. You're just telling everyone who's going to listen to this, like, this chiropractor sees tongue ties and gets some results. And then now here's what happens too, is I trust, because this is a misconception with the general population of chiropractors, that when you can't fix something, you're going to send me on. Boom. You just established so much trust there. Because what they don't want is to think that you think you can fix everything and you're just going to keep trying even if it's past a chiropractic thing. You know, they're thinking like chiropractors think everything can be fixed by chiropractic. So then what you do with this interview, okay? So the person is that you interviewed is likely going to share it on their social media, okay? Like you prep it for them, package it nicely, share it on yours, tag them. They're likely going to share it to their audience. Um, you know, and you just repackage this interview I would say as many different times as you can. I don't mean to reference Amy Porterfield a second time. I swear I listen to other podcasts, um, but she has a whole one on like 10 ways to repurpose your content. So you could turn this 10 to 15 minute interview into like um, a, a short article on, on tongue ties. We're just gonna keep going with that. because we, And then submit that to the moms groups in your area. So now, instead of being like trying to submit something to a mom's group of like, hey, I'm a chiropractor trying to tell you about like how chiropractic helps tongue ties, you're going like, hey, mom's group, this is a really cool article that just happened between two professionals where I interviewed the greatest, you know, yada yada in our community. Because you're not selling yourself blatantly, they're so much more likely to be like, wow, cool, thanks. Um, so you can submit that, like you just re you use that on social media, you just repackage it and then you do it over and over and over. Okay. So, um, but again, I don't know if that's going to be relevant two years from now when you graduate or six months from now, but right now that would kill. Um, so it's just, again, it's thinking opportunistically, what do they want? What can I give them that they would go, okay, this would benefit me and I will give some time to this. Okay. So number five, don't get distracted by like the CBD or coconut oil crazes of the world. Um, I don't know how old you guys are, but about, I don't know, six years ago, coconut oil came onto the scene. Like it was the greatest thing ever. It can cure everything, absolutely everything. And so that's what I mean by the coconut oil craze. Um, and now we're in CBD or CBD can cure everything. And it's fantastic. And I'm not saying CBD can't help. But I'm saying, um, I have seen chiropractors that see those dollar signs and they jump on ship to now all of a sudden, all their social media is like chasing the dollar and the consumer, because this is going to, this is also going to move on. Like whatever, that's what about phases and crazes is that they move on and then there's the next thing. And then what you've kind of forced yourself to do because you're like, well, shoot, I was collecting $10,000 a month from CBD or I don't want to pick on CBD. We'll pick on a diet. It's like, shoot, I was, I was making so much money from Isogenics or Advocare or whatever like diet company, ideal protein. And then like people kind of got bored with that. And it doesn't even mean that the company, like people just get bored and your community goes like, yeah, what else? So then you're kind of forced to like, well, do I just, abandon this because it's not working anymore and pick up a new thing because that's not going to establish trust. So stay in your lane. As soon as you're creating your brand, you want to pick, you have to have your ideal marketing patient in mind. Okay. So this is like, who am I targeting with my marketing? 
and my brand and my logo and everything. You're speaking to them. Then you want to go like, okay, what are the nine to 12 things that those people really struggle with and stay there. Okay. So like, whether it is, you know, you're going like, okay, so my nine to 12 are going to be ear infections, asthma, colic, better births, pregnancy, like whatever they are for you, but like stick there, stick there in your social media. I say nine to 12. I used to say five buckets actually, but then Jasmine Starr kind of brought up, she's a social media person. She brought up a really good point that when you're looking at your feed in social media, you see nine to 12 tiles. I don't know. Five was just really short too. And so I was doing things like pregnancy was one versus like now with nine to 12, it might be like better birth outcomes, postpartum recovery. So it's really just all the same thing. But basically you're just picking like what you're going to stay in your lane. Our clinic is not going to do a workshop on rotator cuff. Do I have a ton of patients? Well, not a ton. Do I have patients that would be like, oh, I'd actually really like to hear that? Of course I do. But if all of a sudden I am diluting my message by being over here, like, no, I say, you know what? There's a physical therapist who is loves rotator cuff. Go to them, get that referral, establish that trust with that professional. Just don't try and be great at everything. Keep your message congruent so you don't confuse your audience. All right. So this topic is super interesting and I know you're all getting a lot out of it. And I promise we're going to return in just a minute. But first I have to tell you about some of my favorite deals, including one new one I got for you all on our She Slays savings page. So first is my favorite artist and chiropractor, Sandy Arthur. She is the owner behind Sandy Spines. So check out her really beautiful art on either her Instagram at Sandy Spines or her Etsy page. Um, you're going to get 10% off her entire order at checkout just by mentioning She Slays. And also if she's got any stickers in stock, she's going to throw a couple of those in for you just because you're my friend. So if you've listened to episode six, you know that one of the biggest mistakes I made was waiting to add a practice coach to my life. Um, it's one of those investments that once I did it, I seriously never looked back. It's really great to have someone to bounce your ideas off of, and especially someone who's already made the mistakes and knows how to fix it and do it right. Someone who sees the things you're not even aware you might be doing wrong yet or how you could improve. So you've probably noticed I've had a few coaches on the show because like I said, I really like chiropractic coaching. And if you've listened to episode 29, you've already met one of the amazing women I recommend frequently, Dr. Nona Javid. She's the founder of the part-time million dollar cash practice, right? And you thought she slays savings was hard to say. So Dr. Nona is this brilliant and powerful woman who helps you build a practice to support the life you want, not a life that gets the leftovers of your business. So if you feel like you're a slave to insurance companies, not getting paid what you're worth, or spending too many hours in your clinic instead of living your life, she's your girl. So all listeners of the show will not only get a free one-hour consult with her, but also $300 off. Yes, you heard that. $300 off your first month of coaching with her. So check out our She Slays Savings tab on our website to get more info about Dr. Nona and her part-time million-dollar cash practice. That's sheslayspodcast.com slash sheslayssavings and click on Dr. Nona's beautiful face. So one more for today is my favorite techie thing we added to our practice in 2019, and that's the personalized clinic app from Connected and Inspired Media. It's a super well-made app for all prenatal and pediatric clinics that's a great resource for all of your patients. It's full of educational material, exercises, rehab, brain exercises, stretches. You're going to love it. So for more information, check out our She Slays Savings page on our website. And of course, mention She Slays when signing up and save 20% off your first month. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. Okay, number six. So we talked about number one. Yes, it is important. You need to have social media. And I didn't say this up there, but like you need to be going live or like posting your face on social media a lot. Um, people need to see your face. And I don't care how uncomfortable you are. Your generation is way more comfortable with it than like mine and the generation 
not like people 10 years older than me. Um, but like people need to see your face. They don't want to see like a supplement on, like it just kills me when I see these posts that are so not personal. Um, so you need to be going live. You need to be doing all that. But, okay, so that was number one. Number six, don't rely on that social media and going live and posting videos and posting photos to be the face of your business. Okay, because that's what we do. And this is where I said, like, do not spend too much time on social media. It will help build, but it is one layer of marketing to your practice. You have to get out there and physically person to person connection still works and it's free. So, and when you look at the return on investment, often it is so much better. So for instance, I can do a fantastic five minute video on how chiropractic is going to help your baby with their colic. Um, and I might get a couple hundred views from that. Maybe I throw $5 at it and Facebook like, you know, gets a thousand people to watch it, whatever. The chances of getting a new patient out of it are there definitely, but like out of 500 people who saw the video, I might get one or two new patients, maybe. And how much time did I spend? So like do that. But then let's say I go to the grocery store and I just am like a normal human being talking to the person. Oh, and I happen to be wearing like my logo very loud. I highly recommend always having your logo in the beginning on your clothes. So when you're being a nice person, people are subconsciously seeing that. Um, volunteer, like be out there and yeah, wear your wear your shirt while you're volunteering. Like, oh, this old t-shirt? Like, yeah, whatever. Like, be out there being a good person. This is going to be like the funniest way to mash up Mother Teresa and Jesus and marketing, but I'm about to go there. So Mother Teresa has this quote, I'm going to butcher it because I have a terrible memory, where it's like, her goal was not to tell people about Jesus. It was to show them the love of Jesus. To like basically emulate Jesus. So people were like, whoa, that person's really nice. She's a Christian. She follows Jesus. Like maybe Jesus followers are cool. Maybe I should like, it was this like indirect route. So what I'm saying is instead of like your marketing, like, yeah, on your social media, I'm not saying don't say like chiropractic is good for you. Do it, but don't let that be everything. Get out there and be a really good person who cares about kids. And people are going to go, who's that? Oh, that's the new pediatric chiropractor in town wow, well, she just like played with that kid really cool on the playground or like she's in kinship or boy, uh, big brothers, big sisters. Like don't get so stressed that everything has to be like, well, how many new patients am I going to get from volunteering? Like sometimes you, it's more of like an investment, like a savings account where you just have to be out there and literally do face-to-face, -face, getting your hands dirty, meeting people and just being, just being cool. It's being a good person. And when they say, like, what do you do? You're like, I'm a pediatric chiropractor. You need to, like, push it on them. So, <clears throat> number seven. Starting talking about being too pushy. <laughs> Don't get too wrapped up in proving chiropractic works. Um, this is a big thing. A lot of docs come out of school with a big chip on their shoulder. And... They, you know, it comes, I don't know where it comes from. It comes from, honestly, it comes from me spending a ton of money and feeling like you have to work your ass off to make money back. And you're like, medical doctors don't have as much, whatever. Okay. So we come out with this ego and this chip on our shoulder that like, I worked my ass off for chiropractic and it is effective and it is good. And I don't know why everybody in the world doesn't like, believe me. Um, and there are some, there are going to be some people in your target market that do want to know, like, is there research on that? Address those people as they ask you because they're going to ask. Like if they're an analytical person and you did a thing on like talking about this kid who got amazing results with his ear infections, if the person who's watching that is even remotely interested in following up, but they need to know the research, they're going to ask like, is there research on this? Okay. Um, so instead of trying to prove chiropractic works, just show them. Share stories instead of research and stats. Um, so classic example here, guys, is think about pharmaceutical ads. 
Okay. Does a pharmaceutical ad, I mean, most of the, I don't even watch them anymore. We just fast forward. Now they're just kind of, well, actually where I do see pharmaceutical ads is when I'm at the gym um, because there's like TVs in front of me and it's all on mute. So it's really funny and you can't fast forward because you're at the gym. Um, and it's really funny to watch a pharmaceutical ad on mute and just be like, what are they selling? You know what they're selling? They're selling that you too can go parasailing in Costa Rica. You too can climb Mount Everest, even though you've got gross psoriasis. Like they're selling this quality of life. They're selling this story that like this condition doesn't have to define you. They're not going like, okay, well, how, here's how Xanax works. First, it is dissolved in the stomach. Like, like no, they don't do that. Um, so just kind of take, take a note from the people who are making billions and like sell chiropractic as if it was a pharmaceutical ad. There's a quote for you. Write that one down. God. Okay. So number eight, um, I have three more. So hopefully if you guys are like, these are jogging any questions, I, we're going to have time. Okay. So number eight, talk more about pain points versus conditions. And this one might be kind of counterintuitive because you might be like, well, Lauren, you told me to pick my nine to 12 and my nine to 12 are ear infections and asthma, they're conditions. And like, yes, I get that. Um, what I mean is when you are talking to people, real people, even on the internet or like in person. So when you're giving a Facebook live or you're writing content for a post, don't spend too much time being like, ear infections suck, chiropractic can help. Talk, like really, it's going back to that creating the story. So get back to the pharmaceutical, what they don't do is show the person like itching, they show them embarrassed at the pool. Like they show them being sad that they can't play with their grandchild. Like again, like they're talking like, yes, it's about this condition, but in order to really tell the story and connect and say like, I can help you, it is much more about connecting with those pain points of each story, okay? So talk so much more about that whenever you're going into like, you know, if it's about pregnancy, you know, yes, shorter, faster births, yeah, chiropractic, woo! That does not move as much of the needle as like, get back to running faster, like be able to go to target when your baby's four days old, because you're like not on a weight restriction. Like, you know, just these, those aren't that really good. So you should do more time figuring out a better story, but like, you know, think about what is the problem with a long labor, you know, like chiropractic helps with shorter labors, but like, okay, what are, what are people's problems with a longer labor? Well, it sucks. Um, but like, there's more interventions. They were hoping for not interventions that why were they hoping for not interventions? So they could recover faster. And so you kind of just have to go through this, like each condition of like, okay, so it's not really about shorter labors. It's about getting back on their feet faster, or it's not really about the ear infection. It's about not like knowing that the antibiotics are being overused, but feeling like you have no other options. It's about like seeing your kid in pain for the third time and being like the antibiotics didn't work the first two times, but I don't feel like I have anything else to do. I feel helpless as a parent. See how much more emotional that is. And with marketing, it's just going to get louder and you have to learn to connect with people on a much more emotional level than just throwing shit at them because they got shit thrown at them all day long and your shit ain't going to stick either. So you just have to figure out how to be unique and connect. Okay. Number nine, um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. When you're talking about your dollars, we kind of talked about this in a lot of different ways, but like, Make sure, yeah, here's how this would present. Um, let's say there's a children, or uh, let's say there's a children's expo, okay? And they're expecting like 3,000 families to come through this expo. And it's huge. It's like the greatest thing ever. And a booth is $700. Okay, here's the deal. 
a lot of those things that seem like fantastic opportunities don't have a great return on investment because there's likely other chiropractors there. You are forced because you, a lot of times you don't get to tell a story and actually connect with people. And I'm just picking on expo. This could be a world, this could be a sign in your pediatrician's office. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, you need to really think if it's expensive, if it's cheap, heck, try it. That is like the name of the game of like, if it's congruent with your brand, it stays within your lane and you think your ideal market might see it and it's cheap enough, try it. And then be like, oh, that didn't work. Because something that works in Dallas, Texas may not work in Boston, may not work in Georgia, may not work in Wisconsin. So like you can't listen to anybody's marketing and being like, oh, radio's dead or newspaper's dead. It's not dead in my town of 8,000 people, although we don't pay for either of those. But anyway, so like you just can't, you have to sometimes try stuff out and you're like, really? That worked? Um, so when you go all in on like one thing, a lot of times those really expensive things don't have huge return on investment. There's likely multiple chiropractors there or like your radio budget, you know, like those get really high. You are much better in this current marketing world to be in multiple smaller places that um, versus like one big one. Okay. So like down the road, when you're making buco bucks, you can spend $4,000 on the billboard. Um, we had an ad in the movie theater. We have one movie theater in town. Um, and for an entire year, our ad played like before movies, like before, like the real things. But like, that was funny because it was a couple thousand dollars and it cost a couple thousand dollars not including how much time it took my husband to actually make that video. So in reality, it probably would have been like a $5,000 thing in a small town. So in a bigger town, I can't even imagine. And like, I don't know, we, we tried it. We might do it again because we got some people out of it. We're like, eh. but we're at a different place in practice where we can go like, let's try that. In the beginning, don't do that. Try things that are on the shorter end of the budget. Try lots of them and see what sticks. So number 10, don't say you're a pediatric clinic, but then act like a bougie boutique. So I'm going to get some flack. Is it flack or slack? Flack, I think, um, from a lot of, if we turn this into an episode, like from people listening, because like there's these beautiful, beautiful clinics out there that are popping up on Instagram. I know you all follow them and they're like marble and glass and like potted succulents and like breakable shit. And when I, when I look at those clinics, I'm like, oh gosh. I wish my clinic was like that. That looks nice. I used to have a clinic like that. I built a clinic like that. Spent tens of thousands of dollars making a gorgeous, our second clinic. And within six months was like, kind of feels sterile in here. You know who feel comfortable in here? Joanna Gaines. You know who wouldn't feel comfortable in here? The mom of a child with ADHD. Because I just created another place that her child is going to break a bunch of stuff and she's going to feel embarrassed. So I'm not saying you can't have nice things. You have to be nice, but like, think about it again from your target market. I know that it's your clinic and you need to love it and you need to feel comfortable in it, but you need to be realistic about who you're trying to connect with and like never build a clinic that you're not comfortable in. But the reality is, let's look at this. If you want to build you're like no i am not going to build a clinic that has like a jungle gym and bright colors and stuff i want this very zen space i got a newsflash for you i'm just gonna like read the future if you do have a clinic full of 75 percent kids and like you think you want you're not going to be happy because there's the, it's incongruent you what you're saying you want your clinic to be for you and then the population you're trying to serve, they're not gonna mix. So you're gonna realize that like, actually, I don't really wanna see kids, I wanna see moms. And there's nothing wrong with that because moms have kids, but like, just be clear. Like, if you want to see mostly kids, have a kid clinic. Think about your pediatric dentist. If you haven't seen like, like Google it, they've got slides, they've got swings. And there's a market in between, but like I'm just saying, be smart. 
don't build the practice that you would want to go to unless you are exactly your target market. Okay, Whew. so I got through all 10. We only have seven minutes for questions. Okay, any more specifics for tips for small towns? Oh, girl, or boy, I don't know who asked. Um, yeah, small towns are their own little weird thing. We actually did an entire episode, Kirby, can you tell me what episode it is? Um, on small towns, because it is not a, the same game at all. So like I, my clinic's Instagram feed, like we don't really do spend a ton of time on Instagram because Instagram isn't a big thing in our town or in our community. So we are way more Facebook heavy. Um, now we have Instagram and we make it aesthetically pleasing and stuff like that. But like, we don't waste a ton of time marketing on Instagram because it's not a thing. Um, you also just, there's a lot of like, Ooh, you fancy, huh? In small towns, you just have to be like, careful you know like you want to be successful but you don't want to come across as like because you're coming from um, a big town from your school people are gonna be like oh you think you're like this and it's like but you don't understand us type of thing and I think this is across this isn't to like make small towns um anything different but it's just like that is that battle of like they think if you're too fancy you're not going to be content here you're going to want to move to a bigger city. They've seen it happen to them before at the hospital where they get a new doc and then that doc is actually really good and then they get picked up by another doc. It happens to their teachers, to their nurses. So then they're like, you're not gonna be happy here either. You're just gonna leave me and abandon me. Okay, so the episode is episode nine, just a small town girl living in a marketing world. So go listen to that and I talk for like an hour on small towns. Okay. So next question, top three big things to invest in, whether it be events or go to modalities. What do you mean by that? Um, oh, like whether to invest in like things in clinic, like STEM. Okay. So make it congruent. We don't have x-ray. Okay. And when I started my practice, everyone was like, what? Even my husband was like, you're going to make a, how are you? Don't you need x-ray? You're a chiropractor. And I said like, all right, thinking big here. If I am a pediatric and prenatal clinic, if I'm going to be using x-ray as much or as little as I want, like in order to have an x-ray, I'm going to have to pay for it. But if a kid, here's the deal. Here's, this is my, like, I, if a kid, if I think a kid needs an x-ray, like a young kid, like we're talking like six, that means I'm worried about something. I'll be like, you need to go talk to your primary doctor. If I'm thinking about x-raying a pregnant woman, she is in a much worse shape than I can help. She needs to go to the urgent care. So like it was, I did not use x-ray because I was like, nope, the universe is going to bring me <coughs> pediatric. Like, and I found a loop, you know, there's ways to go around it. Um, but like when it comes to, like having STEM, like STEM isn't that expensive. So like, sure, if you're going to use it, like it's definitely not super important. I will say that um, about halfway through, I invested in a insight scanner. And I think there's another company too that does insight scanning um, or not insight scanning that has like the surface EMG. Um, I really like that. That was a game changer, but it was like $10,000. And I built a booming practice without it. So like, if you're looking at like, as soon as you can afford it, do it. But like, I don't think you need it. Like I am a fan of starting super scrappy in the beginning and not coming out of school with $200,000 of debt and then getting a $70,000 business loan. So you can have all the fancy stuff. You can be really nice and help and communicate. Now, do you have to like up your communication if you don't have an insight scanner? Yeah, you do. You got to be really good. Is it possible? Yes. You have plenty of time in the beginning. Research how to be good at communicating. Um, Denisa Weber, do you guys know who Denisa Weber is out of Dallas? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So she's awesome. She's going to be sometime in 2020 launching a communication lab, which is like a course on teaching chiropractors how to communicate. So, like, things like that are you can do and it's gonna be a ton cheaper than those things. Um, so as far as like the three big things to invest in, 
Oh gosh, I would say invest in your um, like your brand. So you got to make sure, and I'm clumping a lot of things here. So I mean, like, make sure your logo doesn't suck. Make sure your website doesn't suck. Make sure your clinic doesn't suck. Um, but you only have so much money. So like, if you're going to spend $500 on a logo, um, which I don't know, have you heard of Fiverr? Hello, don't do that. Um, sorry, my husband actually designs logos. I'm really sorry, baby. <laughs> Um, like maybe you do if you're made of money do that but like there are cheap ways like then maybe your office chairs are from a garage sale and they're really cute and your mom like helped refinish them like you know so but your brand you're gonna need to spend money on so people feel that they all go together and it's just gonna be a lump of money where if you spend more on your website you know this and that um so besides brand I, it is going to be uh facebook marketing at this point in time like as of we speak on January 30th, uh, if you were going to say like, okay, I have $500 a month in marketing, I would say spend 200 of it on Facebook for sure. Um, just because, or like Facebook slash Instagram, depending on what works in your, because like, it's just how Facebook works now. If you are not paying for ads, they're not showing your shit to anyone. Like we've got a couple thousand people who follow our Facebook. And if I just do something organic, like, 17 we'll see it that's kind of an exaggeration but not a super exaggeration so i don't know those are the two big ones is like making sure that that yeah oh so what you guys can do uh here here's i'll say this real quick um so if you're not following me follow me um on social media and you can like send me a dm with a question and we'll either like turn it into an entire episode um or like i'll go live on facebook and answer it um, if you're not on our newsletter, go to sheslaypodcast.com. I don't send out a newsletter. Why did I say newsletter? I don't know. Um, if you're not on my email list, do that. Um, so it's sheslaypodcast.com forward slash besties. We send out just like a little funny inspirational thing every Sunday. And then you'll also get episodes sent to you. So make sure you're on our email list. So when we do that, you get notified of that. But, um, yeah, I am very, find me on social media and I love to interact with people. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.